0: into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there. Thanks so much for tuning in to another solo episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. If you enjoy the topic today and find value and inspiration in what I'm going to share, the absolute best way that you can always support is by sharing it on social media and with the people that you love. It would mean the world to me for others to have access to this powerful content. And this is really, this podcast, everything I stand for is really about creating a movement a movement of us all coming together to create a happier healthier planet by trusting our own intuition and by sharing valuable content that can be inspiring and impact others in our lives so thank you for being here thank you for dedicating this time to your health and your well-being i'm so excited and honored to share with you today's topic, which is one of the most defining moments of my life. It shaped my deep love for holistic health and my belief that healing is possible on every level. It was the truth that brought me back full circle to the incredible practice of meditation long after I had abandoned it. And it's the reason why I truly believe and can say that I'm healthy and thriving today. And so I've read so many miraculous stories of the healing power of meditation and mindfulness. And further, I've utilized so many of the mindset shifts that I've learned and discovered. And I'm going to cover on today's podcast in my practice and with my clients to also help them heal and shift their relationship to food and their bodies. And most specifically, step into their happiest, healthiest selves. And so my first experience with witnessing the power of the mind and the power of human potential was with one of the most important people in my life, which is my father, William Stewart. And so one diagnosis changed the entire trajectory of my father's and our family's lives. And his story could have ended like many others, but it was truly his refusal to accept his diagnosis and his dedication that really propelled him forward through a different level and a different energy of belief. And that is why I'm so proud of him for trusting in the power of the mind and his own intuition to really discern his own truths and really step into what he felt was right for his own healing journey. And so one of my best friends, Liana Warner Gray, featured my father's story in her new Hay House book, Cancer Free with Food. And she spent years researching, collecting, and putting together a really deeply profound and timeless book that I'm so thankful that she was able to tell his story in along with many others. And if you're facing cancer, if there's anyone in your life facing cancer, if it's something that you want to prevent, I encourage you deeply to get this book. Um, This book is so profound. It offers so much inspiration and just an array of different foods that help cancer heal. And so today I want to start our time together by sharing part of that excerpt with you. And I also want to share his story with you. And then I want to deep dive a bit more on mindfulness and meditation and how it led my father to his healing and how it led me to my healing and how it's helped other clients heal as well. And so before we dive in, I first want to remind you that you are the leader of your own health. If you can only take one thing from this podcast, I hope that it is that. If something doesn't feel right, I encourage you to lean in to that instinct that is telling you to keep seeking for a further answer. And I'm so grateful that my intuition got louder and louder and louder throughout my life, and it helped me keep seeking keep seeking new practitioners. It helped me keep seeking new holistic modalities. It helped me keep seeking different types of food. It really helps me seek new types of movement and mindfulness practices and what was good for my body. And I can truly say because of that and because of listening to my intuition that kept getting stronger and stronger, that my life is so different and my health is so different today than it was many, many years ago. And I also want to preface this podcast and say, please understand that my intention today isn't to discredit anyone in healthcare or the medical community or industry, or steer you away from making any choice or taking any medical advice. The sole purpose of this conversation is to bring awareness to hidden issues that impact our health and even affect our ability to thrive and find happiness in our bodies. And lastly, I'm not a licensed doctor, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a medical practitioner. If you have any questions about this topic today, of course you are always welcome to reach out to me, but I will always invite you to consult your doctor to address specific symptoms and possible health complications with them directly. All right, so let's dive in to my father's story to begin. So back in 1998, my father, William Stewart, began getting really sick and he started urinating large amounts of blood. And his general practitioner scheduled him for an appointment with a kidney specialist for testing. And on returning to the kidney specialist, he confirmed that there was kidney cancer and it was urgent and that one of his kidneys had to be removed rather quickly. And so the doctor scheduled the surgery for the following week And not keen on having surgery, my father took a deep breath and chose to go home and contemplate his options. And so, my mother, who was a nurse at the time, read the pathology report over the weekend and through research began to really question the accuracy of the diagnosis. And so, they went back to the doctor on Monday and asked if maybe there was an error in his interpretation of the findings, or maybe it was already spreading. Um, And the doctor didn't want to be challenged and said, absolutely not. And if you're persistent in getting a second opinion, don't come back. And to my parents, something just didn't sit right. And despite the doctor's persistence about his diagnosis and surgery, my parents took a moment and they really contemplated, what are our other options right now? And I remember being really angry that my father was questioning the doctor and i remember being really angry that my father wasn't going to just jump jump into surgery and i remember thinking this is who you should trust this is your doctor you have to do what he says and i also remember when we were sitting in the doctor's office my dad made a declaration and he said to that same doctor he said have you ever seen a miracle and he said well you're going to see one and the doctor who basically said no was shocked that my father had even asked him this, and I think was even more shocked when my parents left the room. And so at that time, my parents decided that they were just going to hold. They weren't going to make a yes or no decision, but they were just going to do more research. My mother began this really aggressive search for any and all modalities that might be able to heal my father's cancer. And You name it, she researched it, whether it was biofeedback, massage therapy, energy healing, wheatgrass therapy, meditation and mindfulness, or even just going purely vegan on a purely vegan diet. And so my dad decided that he would do anything that she recommended that promised hope to treat his cancer alternatively and without surgery. And so diving into more research, my mom came across. This place. It was called the Creative Health Institute in Michigan, where she learned about juicing and colonics and coffee enemas and wheatgrass enemas and a plant based diet under a model that was established in the 1960s by the late Ann Wigmore, an early proponent of raw food diets. And so at that time, they offered a two week detox program where my mother and my father went to learn about how to really integrate these healing modalities and to really work in the kitchen. And so they learned about fermenting and blending foods, growing sprouts, how to grow wheatgrass and juice it, and how to soak seeds. And so everything my father ate was made by hand. And at the clinic, he enjoyed energy soup along with microgreens and broccoli sprouts. Um, And the instructors taught him how to make immune-boosting pies and desserts. And then upon coming home, my father and my mother decided to continue to implement everything that they learned into our lifestyle. And so they bought organic soil with earthworms for gardening efforts and built this beautiful garden in the back of our subdivision home. And so we were all on this protocol and my mother continued to help him detoxify his body and strengthen his immune system with wholesome food choices and by pursuing other elements of natural lifestyle choices, such as removing all chemicals from our home. Additionally, they also purchased a rebounder trampoline and he jumped on it daily to stimulate circulation and assist in draining his lymphatic system. And so through this process, my dad knew he wasn't out of the woods yet. And so he knew he had to go in and see further specialists and kidney specialists. And so he sought after medical advice from a progressive kidney specialist at the University of Michigan who offered a second opinion and a diagnosis. My father had bladder cancer as well. So this diagnosis was really hard to hear. It was really challenging to hear that it wasn't just in the kidney. It was also in the bladder and that it was spreading. And at that time though, my dad still felt really confident in what he was doing. And he felt confident in the protocol that my mom had discovered, and what they were doing with his diet. And he chose to move forward with this holistic treatment, at least for a short period of time. And what was really surprising was that this doctor actually agreed. And my dad at that time was really relieved to hear that he didn't need to go into surgery immediately. And my parents were really happy with this plan. They felt very confident. and, And when they continued to pray and check in, this was the plan that felt best for them. And so this amount of time gave them the space, right, to apply everything that they learned and for my dad's body to respond to this alternative treatment. Additionally, upon being referred to another specialist who had success with treating cancer with mistletoe injections, which is also called Iscador, this is a different healing modality, they decided to begin this treatment as well. And so my family continued to use the protocols that they researched and we all supported my father. We all supported the injections. We all supported this new lifestyle that took hold and my father continued. He continued to supplement his diet with enzymes. He took additional supplements like shark cartilage. He worked with dozens of different therapeutic grade essential oils. He would put them in his water, in his food topically and in a diffuser. He ran a diffuser at night with oil blends to improve sleep quality and throughout our home during the day to decrease his stress. Um, He also used essential oils to clean the home so that he wasn't exposing himself to any other harmful chemicals. Further, he made sure that all the water was completely filtered and him and my mom would go to the local health store and fill up big water bins with reverse osmosis filtered water which is alkaline, and then he would add drops of trace minerals to the water before drinking it. And then later, as we continued to integrate the vegan diet into our life, we also started adopting more of a Mediterranean-style diet, where we were consuming lots of healthy fats like olive oil and eating really, really big green salads every night. And so for this time, sugar, pretty much all sugar was off the table, and we only ate natural sugars from fruit. And no matter what we ate, we made it by hand. And this was probably the most exhausting part of this whole process. And so, for instance, we made salad dressing by hand. And because we made everything by hand, we cultivated the belief that we could infuse the food with love, which transfers the energy of love to my father, which could help him heal. And so this was a big practice in our home was really infusing the food with so much love um, as we cooked the different options for him. So the good news is after seven months of doing all of this, from the beginning of his journey to the end, my father had lost 75 pounds and was at a healthy weight. He reversed type 2 diabetes And what was so incredible was that his health continued to improve. And then upon further testing and follow-up, there was no evidence left of his cancer. And so this was over 20 years ago. And since then, my father has been cancer-free ever since. And my family has really done their best, myself included, to stay really consistent with the dietary changes that we made. And at the time of my father's diagnosis, I was in my teens and I've shared in multiple podcasts now. This has always been a driving force in me becoming a health and wellness advocate and really, really advocating for clean organic food, for sustainability, for having a relationship to our food, blessing our food, being grateful for our food and being in the kitchen and cooking and sending love to the food that is nourishing our bodies. And so at the end of the day, my dad thought this is such a blessing that his cancer diagnosis turned into such a positive experience and that we were all changed and we all cultivated new dietary changes and we all really took on these new beliefs of being healthy and whole from the inside out. And through this experience, we learned really not only the power of nutrition, but also the power of positive thinking, which I think was so important for me to learn at a young age. And so one of the most important things that we all learned was that you have to work on the subconscious beliefs and be very careful about letting other people influence how you view your future health and how you visualize your future health and how you even address what you believe to be true about what will make you healthy and what won't. And really we're finding more and more that words and beliefs and our habits and our choices, they build our reality. And it's important to have that really positive mindset and faith and trust that you can heal and lead a really healthy life when your wellness is at stake. It's really important to Address the concern, but then also believe that from this concern or from this diagnosis, you can also heal. And so as a family, we've been really honored and I feel very privileged and even excited to share our story with so many people. It can be scary, really scary to be given a cancer diagnosis, but also it can be empowering when you change your view and you change the visualization and the belief that it is possible to heal. And I also think it's really important just, again, to ask questions, get multiple opinions, understand that your body has the innate tools and the capabilities to heal. And through hearing so many other miraculous stories, it's just been really beautiful to continue to share my father's story, but then also witness other people that have used the power of food and movement, energy healing, cleaning out their homes, and then also the mindset work to heal various types of cancer and other chronic sicknesses. And so this story is where it really all began for me. Growing up in a really progressively healthy household set a very strong foundation that I am able to return to time and time again, and was able to return to when I started getting sick and through my own health journey. And so one of the parts of the story that I really want to dive into further today is the mindfulness component of my dad's healing, because my parents raised us when we were young to do breathwork, meditation, and yoga. And it was really normal in my household to engage in mindfulness practices and to do yoga in the basement way before it was even trendy. It was something that we had people coming over and doing these different practices without much thought about it. And as I mentioned earlier, my father asked the doctors, have you ever seen a miracle? And my dad replied, okay, well, get ready. You're going to see one. And then he went home and he started to meditate. And I remember the doctor asked my, my father to take this seriously. He was like very, very much convinced that by refusing surgery, he was going against what could possibly extend my father's life. But my father was confident in his beliefs, he was confident in his intuition, and he was confident in needing space, space to just not move from a place of trigger or fear, but to come back to himself. And I remember him walking so calmly out of the office, and he went home and did exactly that. He started to meditate. And looking back, I was both shocked and, as I shared earlier, very scared for my dad, And I remembered wondering like, what are you thinking? Have you lost it? You have this medical team advising you what to do and why aren't you listening to them? And my father stepped away from the surgery, the timelines, the treatment plans, and chose to meditate on what to do next. And that doesn't mean that he wasn't going to go back and do surgery, but he just created a little bit of space for himself to really drop in and connect to his truth. And so Today, I've had the privilege of witnessing the miracle of this entire journey, and I feel so fortunate that I was able to see the power of this mind-body connection and how truly through cultivating a mind-body connection, we can heal. And today, I remain inspired by the fact that so many people are aware of the healing powers of holistic treatments. There's now so much evidence proving that mindfulness practices, meditation, reprogramming the subconscious mind has so many physical benefits as well. And so meditation, especially when practiced consistently, allows us to reprogram the mind body connection and how our thoughts directly, consciously and unconsciously are impacting our healing. And so by sitting in meditation and sitting in a meditative state, my father was able to release that fear of worst case scenario. He was able to go in and detach from the outcome. And so by embodying this fearless state and visualizing himself healed, he essentially reprogrammed his mind to align with his body, or you could say his body to align with his mindset. And so to explain this more simply, if there's an old belief that you don't want to reinforce Meditation can help you and allow you to truly witness the thought and then more importantly, let it go. And so if you want to reinforce an empowered belief, meditation can allow you to strengthen that belief so that belief has more impact on your behaviors and your habits as well. So further, if you are constantly in a state of fearing disease, your body vibrationally is aligned with that disease And if you sit in a state of high vibration and a state of healing, your body will be more likely to align with that healing. And so there is the essence of this mind-body connection, right? Your physical health is a direct reflection of the quality of thoughts of your mind and how you emotionally feel. And that impacts your habits and your behaviors that are driven from those thoughts and feelings. And the important part of this is really understanding the subconscious influence, right? And with this said, I'm not discouraging you, again, from getting medical treatment. Definitely go to your doctor, get information, discuss your options, arm yourself with information, get second and third opinions, do more research, but then trust in your intuition to make the decision that's right for you. And so often, and what I find to be the most challenging part of healing which I have seen so often in years of doing this work and also in years of research is that often the moment that a doctor gives you a diagnosis or medical prognosis of how likely things are going to turn out, for many of us without knowing it, our fear beliefs and the beliefs of what the doctor or the practitioner tells us filter into the subconscious mind and then become somewhat set in stone. And then these beliefs impact how we relate to our sickness or our disease or the likelihood of the outcome. And so our belief on how the symptoms will improve or worsen and how quickly they'll improve or worsen or the expectations for the quality of life or length of life are filtering in the subconscious mind. And if we don't allow ourselves to really process what's shown up, what a doctor has said, and then process the emotions that we're experiencing... We often suppress those emotions and those beliefs. And if we don't take a moment to say, thank you for this diagnosis. Thank you for presenting me with this truth and this fact that is today. But could there be another solution? Could there be another outcome? Are we not seeing everything here, right? If we don't question that, then again, these beliefs can be set in stone. And then from this energy, we often manifest outcomes based on our subconscious imprints without even thinking about it or believing in many times miracles do happen. And often there are healing solutions that go beyond the medical system or that traditional doctors are not aware of yet. And again, I'm not here to shame the medical community at all. I'm just here to shine light that there are other options beyond potentially what is being presented to you. Not always, but in some cases. And so when we believe a diagnosis to be fact, and this is why research shows time and time again, that often when doctors give patients a set number of days, months, or years to live, in most cases, the person sadly passes within a day or two of that prediction. And so we believe the diagnosis to be fact. We don't question it. We don't get curious. We don't inquire about what other options there are. We don't believe that the mind and body and the connection between the mind and body is so spectacular. And if we direct our attention in a different direction, a different outcome may be possible. Again, I'm not saying always possible, but may be possible. And so again, further let me be clear that this is not a call to avoid what's being presented, or deny the truth of a diagnosis. We have enough data that medical doctors can create a hypothetical outcome for you based on their research, science, studies, and the outcome of patients before you. But I want to empower you that you still have the power to get a second opinion, look to other options, recognize how upgrading lifestyle habits and reprogramming the mind can create miracles and can not only extend your life, but the quality of your life. And so I've read dozens of books on this topic and the topic of the mind. And I've heard dozens of stories of individuals who have heard there is absolutely no cure, who have gone on to cure different health concerns that they were up against. And so the important part I wanna recognize and bring awareness to is the understanding that what doctors tell us, especially when it comes to absolute claims, impacts how, We behave from the diagnosis. So absolute claims impact how we behave. Not for everyone, but most often. So each person is so different, especially depending on our relationship to mortality and our relationship to stress and overwhelm and change and fear and fear of the diagnosis and the avoidance of these hard truths. And that's why it's so important to cultivate the right mindset cultivate mindfulness practices, to manage these emotions that surface, that can bring that array of discomfort. And further, I want to point out that from a liability perspective, doctors in the medical community have set rules and regulations and have to tell you probability and the most likely outcome. That is their job. But there are also integrative functional medicine, holistic practitioners, who may tell you a very different outcome with a different protocol and lifestyle changes. And so I just want to keep bringing it back to mindset and your belief in the outcome. So there's an interesting statistic that one in 20 people are misdiagnosed annually. And I experienced this firsthand with my mother's, well, my second mother's death by medical error which is also the third leading cause of death in the US after heart disease and cancer. And so this includes error in judgment or care, preventable adverse effects, mix up with doses and medication administration, surgical complications and misdiagnosis, which accounts for 20 million people alone. And so doctors are known for practicing medicine And they absolutely do their best. And I can't imagine the stress that they're under. And I have deep gratitude for Western medicine, which has saved my life. But I also have learned time and time again that tapping in to the power of the mind and the mind-body connection, listening for insight, and tapping into my own body while maintaining a healthy lifestyle are still the best insurance practices and policies And so further, as I've cultivated a healthier mind-body connection, I've been able to witness when a small pain is getting louder and louder and needs my attention, or when I've been ignoring the very signals that it's time to slow down, take a break, and come back to self-care. What I have learned is that through cultivating a strong mind-body connection, you can move from states of fear to a more empowered state of living. And this doesn't mean necessarily that you will cure your sickness, but it means that you can be more empowered and stand empowered in what you choose that will impact the sickness. And so this also means that you recognize when something is off and you can get intentional to get second opinions, do research, de-stress, cultivate relationships with doctors and practitioners who you deeply trust. And most importantly, are holding the same vision of you, which is to work towards the best outcome. And so when my father chose meditation as his treatment strategy, he was choosing a new belief system. His new belief trusted that his body could heal and allowed him to believe a natural solution was available and would become available to him. But it also required him to change his habits. This is the part where I see people and clients get stuck. When they start to do the inner work, they start to become more mindful. They start to meditate. And they also deeply recognize the disconnect between true health and their current behaviors. It's hard to confront at first. Recognizing deeply that the way of being isn't serving you is really a hard thing to face. The way of behaving, your habits your current lifestyle. If it's not serving your current health and well-being, it's a hard thing to confront. And often it feels very uncomfortable and requires us to look back with forgiveness in how we have been behaving or treating our bodies so that we can move forward with more grace and love. Similarly, but kind of in the reverse situation, someone may be trying to eat really well and work out every day, but they don't believe they are worthy of a happy, healthy life. And then most likely I see clients and individuals start to sabotage their efforts when they start to make progress. And so it's important that both the mindset and the habits are in alignment for the actions to be congruent with healing and for change to take place. Simply put, in both my own journey and from coaching hundreds of clients, I've recognized that you can eat healthy all day long and even work out, but if your mind is focused on fear, anger, or victimhood, then it's simply not possible to create the same outcome of health if you're focused on love, joy, and happiness. And so I say this all the time. If you deeply desire sustainable results and you deeply desire to heal, you have to relate to your body differently, and that starts with the inner work. So whether you're looking to stop dieting or cultivate a loving relationship with your body or you're suffering from a health issue that's holding you back, try a new approach like mindfulness and meditation, which can be one of the most powerful steps that you will take to true lasting healing. It can offer you this profound opportunity to witness what subconscious programming might be holding you back from believing it's possible to step in to a new way of living. It allows you to understand what thought patterns are sabotaging your efforts to be healthy. And it helps you bridge new connections in your brain so that you think and act differently that is more in alignment with your healthiest version of you. And so there's nothing more important or more powerful for your healing than truly believing that the treatments that you have chosen will work for you because your belief sets the intention. And then from that intention, the healing process occurs. And if there is doubt under that belief, then the purest intention isn't there. And so people ask me all the time, should I do alternative treatment or Western treatment? And I always say, I can never give you the answer. And I never have the same answer for anyone. What do you believe will work? Do you believe you should do both or one or the other? You have to go within. You have to trust all the research that you've gathered and you have to trust your knowing. And so the other point that I think is really important to make is that I will never encourage anyone to make a decision from a triggered place. So that means taking time to be alone and process and regulate your nervous system and go within and create spaciousness so that you can hear that inner voice. So often people jump into something. They jump in from fear without giving themselves that time to really release the fear and see what's underneath. And so further, meditation helps you regulate your nervous system, helps you move out of these triggered states. And then it helps you facilitate its own healing. And it allows you to hear what settings and resources and tools and way of living and lifestyle habits are best for you. And so my dad trusted that his intuition, not his mind, would give him the right solutions. And that's another important distinction to point out. And so I'm not claiming that you can sit at home and meditate on wellness and wake up completely healed or automatically reach your health goals. I'm not claiming that. There are people who can facilitate this type of healing, but I'm not saying that's an average thing that most people at home can do. But there are some actions necessary on your part that you can do to actively participate in your healing. And meditation is the way to navigate through the noise, detach from the mind, ground in the body, reconnect to the heart, and really access your own intuition and your higher self. And so I know we've talked a lot about this before, but I can't repeat it enough. This all begins with you. You are truly the one and only person that knows what's best for you. And meditation helps you connect to you, your truth, your intuition, your higher knowing, your higher self, and then sets the intention for healing. And as I mentioned before, there is so much science to back this up now. Even just a simple Google search and you will be down a rabbit hole of the most incredible ways that meditation and mindfulness support healing the mind-body connection and the physical body. And so through this process of meditation coming in within, looking within, trusting within, and releasing the outside world in this way opens up your ability to access the awareness and the truth that we are more than our thoughts, our emotions, our bodies, And meditation helps us shift in a different state of consciousness where we no longer are attached to our limiting thoughts and beliefs. Meditation decreases loneliness and increases hopefulness. And further through meditation and detaching from the outside world, it actually opens you up to your awareness and to the fact that you are more than your thoughts, your emotions, and even your body. And so, meditation helps really create that shift and create a different level of consciousness where we're no longer attached to our limiting thoughts, beliefs, actions, habits, the ways that we show up in the world. We're not limited to old stories and the way in which we've been taught. And yet, we can further connect to our awareness and recognize and witness a life beyond our current being, a life beyond our thoughts, emotions, behaviors, and habits. And when you come into this truth, you actually create a sense of of purpose and aliveness. You decrease loneliness and you increase hopefulness. And when you do this, this means that you're less likely to maybe binge to fill a void of a partner or maybe watch endless Netflix because you don't want to confront the medical issue that's in front of you. Or maybe you're less likely to make decisions to avoid what's currently showing up and you're more empowered to make decisions based on what's showing up. And so meditation does so many things for us. And it also promotes happiness and increases positivity, both which are linked to taking better care of ourselves, especially through clean food and healthy movement. And not only does meditation increase happiness, but it decreases anxiousness and depression which has a huge impact on things like weight management. There was actually a study done by the American Psychological Association, which showed that 40% of participants ate emotionally to deal with anxiety. And so it's really important to, again, recognize that if a diagnosis causes anxiousness or anxiety, that might cause us to behave in certain ways that aren't serving or helping heal the diagnosis. And so we have to reverse engineer this. We have to, again, manage the anxiety, which then helps us choose better food and movement options, which then helps us heal. Also in 2017, the Journal of the American Heart Association published a study that recognized a link between meditation and a reduction of risk for cardiovascular disease. And to take it even further... Researchers at Massachusetts General Hospital and Boston University found scientific evidence indicating that the positive emotional effects of meditation linger in the body and the mind beyond the set periods of concentrated meditation. So even once you stop meditating, the benefits stay with you and continue to be in effect. And lastly, just for this podcast, because I could continue talking about this all day, consider the placebo effect. And so, if you're not familiar with the role of placebos in medical studies, this is when someone thinks they're being given a drug when actually what they're taking is a placebo pill with no medicinal value. So, a number of studies have demonstrated that there is a biological component to the placebo effect, including an article published in 2017, which identified distinct areas in the brain that are triggered when the body believes. It's receiving healing treatment. And that's why disconnecting from the perceived outcome, the diagnosis, and connecting to the hopefulness and the visualization of what's possible is so important. It has been observed that the brain, and most specifically through strengthening different neural pathways, the brain can transmit information to the body about how to repair itself without any outside assistance from drugs And so, I've discovered wherever we are on our healing journey, what really motivates us to meditate is the deeper understanding of why it is essential. We appreciate how it upgrades the physical mind and body, right? And so, if you can appreciate that and how it alters our relationship to our bodies, the desire to continue to sit can be fostered. And so, just like my father learned to pause, meditate, and connect with his body and his journey. If you can start to connect inward and cultivate a meditation practice, I trust that you will also start to make decisions from a more conscious, loving place, and it will provide you this opportunity to upgrade your habits and the different choices that you didn't even see available until you started this journey. And so to think about this in a different way, when you're living from a place of fear, you're making decisions based on the worst case scenario approach. And these are usually what I define as survival type behaviors, right? You're living from fear-based mentality. But when you're more expansive in a meditative state, you're able to make decisions that work towards the best case scenario. And so if you're working towards the best case scenario, you can pivot. You can change, you can think about things differently, you can look for new opportunity. But if you're only making decisions based on fear and worst case scenario, then you're always limited to the reality that you're currently in and you can't create anything new. And so before we end this podcast, I want to share a really quick story about how this process of going within also improved my life because I really want to drive this home. And I know I could talk about this topic for many, many hours, but I really want to make sure that... The point about the mind-body connection, about going within to heal from the inside out, about cultivating mindfulness practices, about connecting to your own intuition, to recognizing the awareness and being witness to the awareness between your thoughts. This is what true healing is about. The food, the movement, yes, those things are important, of course, but I believe they're actually secondary to cultivating the intuition and accessing the truth that is within us always. And so many years ago, I was in a pretty serious bike accident where the doctors told me I would never be able to do Pilates or yoga ever again. I had broken my right arm and my hand. And if I had assumed that story, I wouldn't have sought doctors that helped me gain full functionality of my arm. And it was only through meditation and mindfulness that I granted myself permission in that situation to continue searching for answers and was able to empower myself to seek out different approaches to heal and gain the mobility of my arm. Similarly, when I made the conscious decision to heal myself from my eating disorder, I found strength to step away from my old beliefs and stories around my body when I started meditating. It was through my daily practice that I was able to regain my inner self-love and detach from the obsessive thought patterns and release the narrative that I had told myself for years that my appearance dictated my worth. And so in this case, although I was physically better and I was getting better because I was seeing a doctor every week and, you know, they were, they were measuring my size And they were saying, you're physically better. Meditation actually shifted my internal dialogue so I could have freedom again, so I could have my life back, so I wasn't anxious every time I was in front of a mirror or had my picture taken. And this is what truly saved my life. It truly prevented me from relapsing. And it was able to gift me with the ability to connect within and trust that my body is unique and develop the self-love, self-worth, and self-esteem that was lacking for many, many years when I worked in fashion. And so wherever you are on your journey, I trust that you too can find beautiful healing through meditation and mindfully slowing down. And I encourage you to find a way to make meditation part of your routine because there's so many free resources and online programs to support you. And so gift yourself with the opportunity to discover how meditation, breathwork, and mindfulness practices can transform your life. Further, carve out some quiet time, either as soon as you wake up or before you head to bed, and create a sacred space to practice this connection with your body. Close your eyes and connect to your breath. Release tension in your body as you inhale and exhale. And ask your body what it needs in this moment to cultivate deep levels of healing and transform your body from the inside out. And then just trust, breathe through and wait to hear the answer. Continue to ask yourself the question by going deeper and deeper into your own wisdom, into your own awareness and intuition. Witness what comes forward, witness what shows up. And then further allow yourself to powerfully visualize and focus on the outcome of your health that you want to achieve. And as you hold this vision in your awareness, color it with sights and sounds and smells and textures and emotion, joy and happiness. Any positive sensory experience that will help you to amplify this vision. Because by creating deeper sensory experiences, you help to connect your vision to your body and align more fully with total well-being. And to recap Create a sacred space to practice the connection with your body before bed. Close your eyes, connect to your breath, releasing any tension in your body as you inhale and exhale. Continue to ask your body and trust the inner wisdom, what your body needs the most in that moment to heal. And then as you hear the answers that come forward through your own level of awareness and intuition, Visualize yourself and the outcome of the health that you want to achieve. Color it, sight, sound, smells, textures, and then fully align into gratitude as you move out of your visualization. This is a simple practice. You can do it anytime, anywhere. I really love it before bed or in the morning. Connect your breath. Go within. Ask yourself and your body, what do you need to heal? What are the steps you need to take this week, this month to step in to your happiest and healthiest self and trust in your knowing and always get second opinions, third opinions, continue to research, continue to ask questions and then come back to your truth. As always, thank you for being here. Thanks for showing up. Thank you for doing this work. It was a pleasure and an honor to share this space and this time with you. I'm so deeply grateful If this podcast moved you, inspired you, called you forward, it would mean the world to me if you could share it, share it with one person that could also be inspired by my father's story or anything that I shared. Additionally, I would love to connect with you. I would love to celebrate you. I would love to hear your story. I'm at the gram at Sarah Ann Stewart. Send me a message. Let's connect. Let me know how I can support you in becoming happier and healthier. And again, thank you for being here, committing to your health. I'm sending you so much love for this epic, beautiful next week ahead. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.